Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Tish Hamilton. Hello, Tish. Hello, Sarah. I hear you are fresh off a 5K. Yes, I ran a 5K this weekend in Savannah, Georgia, where I live now. And Mm -hmm. it was on Saturday and it was a lot of fun. The race is called Miles to Margaritas. (laughs) So were there margaritas? Were there salty glasses awaiting you at the the finish? (laughs) There were margaritas, no salty glasses, but Mm. uh, the race was at eight. And yeah, the margarita machine was cranked up by nine o'clock. And also the thing I really liked was um, they gave the the two winners, the the male winner winner and the female winner, a a margarita glass as their trophy. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. And please tell me the medal was shaped like a margarita glass. It was not, but it was a pretty impressive medal for a 5k. I got to say they they do a really nice job. It's, it's a series and there are seven races throughout the South. Uh, And so you can go to each one and you know how you can sometimes collect up a series Mm -hmm. of medals Mm -hmm. that put together for a puzzle piece. Yes. Oh, that's very clever. So are you going to, are you now on the hunt? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) One and done. (laughs) Um, It was a local race. It was in our um, uh, park that's like two miles from me. And and they also, one of the awards they do is for the biggest running club that comes out, Mm. the biggest team, biggest Mm -hmm. team. Mm-hmm. And so the, the local running club that I'm a member of, which is called Savannah Striders, really wanted to get that prize. So uh, <laughs> I contributed to that effort. <laughs> well, nice. Nice. That's what spurred you on to do the race? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And did they get anything other than a shout out over the loudspeaker? No, but it was really important <laughs> to get the shout out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So then, uh, so more of you all showed up than the group from Black Girls Run? 
Yes, I don't know the number of women in the Black Rules Run group, but I was impressed with the number. And mm. as well, um, their the col- their color schemes. They have a black T-shirt with um, white and pink lettering, and mm-hmm. uh, and a few of the competitors on their team had the pink tutu to go with it. Nice, which Very was nice. so nice, right? Mm-hmm. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. They sure. were a lot of fun, and they were they were definitely the loudest cheers for one of their members won an age group award and, oh, and it was awesome. like yeah it was really cool <laughs> and i also saw a runner there with another mother runner tank top on uh-huh and so that was like i don't know it was like code for me I'm like oh, yeah. i gotta go talk to her <laughs> <laughs> did you happen to learn where the person had gotten it from like i wonder if it was one of our expos or if she'd gotten it online she bought it online. Okay. All right. And she reads the blog and listens to the podcast periodically. So if she happens to be listening to this, Christina from Colorado, this is Tish, who you were talking to <laughs> at the race on Saturday. <laughs> well, what was she, was she on vacation? No, she uh, she moved here from Colorado actually about 15 years ago. But, oh, you know, okay. that's because I moved here recently. That's always one of my first questions. Like, <laughs> how, how long have you been here and where did you come from? <laughs> And do you find in the Savannah area that there's more natives or more transplants? Um, that's a really good question. I, I tend to meet more transplants. And I wonder if that's because a lot of the people I meet are through the running club. And I think a lot of people join the running club um, as a way to get to know people when they have moved here. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, of the people I know in the running club, there are only a handful who are born and raised. Oh. And and I also wonder, you know, now that you bring that up, well, I would ask you about Portland, Oregon, but I'm also, I, I know our, our guest today is coming from Atlanta, which is where I grew up. But mm-hmm. when I was growing up in Atlanta, even then, you know, a hundred years ago, um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were transplants. Like mm. it's, a, it's a city of opportunity is mm-hmm. what they would say. You know, like my parents moved there from my mother from North Carolina, my father from Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but, you know, because it was a very pro-business, pro-entrepreneurial, uh, mm-hmm. you know, land of opportunity right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of people move there for for that for jobs and and weather <laughs> yeah yeah and i think a lot of people move to savannah for weather and cost of living especially for you know people when they start getting towards retirement years it's just right. a much more affordable place to live oh that's interesting yes listening to you talk i was i was thinking huh you know for a while there it seemed like everyone i met in portland had come here from somewhere else. But then I do have a fair number of friends who are natives of Oregon, of Portland. And Molly, you know, my my former best running friend, still a very dear close friend of mine, she moved here from Ohio, but her family has uh, some history in Oregon. So in a way, she's kind of both a transplant and a native. So yeah. It's, it's an of- interesting thing. I mean, I think also, you know, it's, it's, generational right Mm -hmm. our generation and younger generation is just much more uh, mobility but when my mother moved back so my mother born and raised in North Carolina and she left and for like she left when she was in her 20s and didn't go back until she was in her 70s Mm -hmm. Uh, but when she went back in her 70s and went to church (laughs) the people who had stayed there the whole time were like we're so glad you're back We've been waiting for 50 years, yeah. for half a century, for you to return. Like, well, that's pretty cool. And, and I don't think anybody, if I were to move back to Atlanta, I don't think there's anybody who's going to come up to me and say, we're so glad you're back. 
Oh my gosh. There was once an article in the New York Times about how close people live to their mother and that they that was the metric that the scientists, the researchers used to determine how far people move from where they were born or uh-huh. kind of their their you know their childhood home, whatever. And it the very regional differences. And so the Pacific Northwest is where people have lived the furthest from their uh, mother. And in the South, my gosh, it was something like the average distance is like like 1.9 miles or something. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, but like my brother at the time lived in Atlanta and he, and there was his mother in Connecticut. So I don't know, that's 900, 1,000 miles, something. I'm like, then there must be people like sitting in their mother's lap still to be able to get that average. <laughs> to balance that out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, that is fun that you did a 5K and um yeah, did it race go well for you? Did you race it or Oh, it? well. Um mm-hmm. from a series of events, um I had had not run in a while, so I was not attempting to race it, but I did sneak in under 30 minutes, which I was nice. very very pleased with uh, mm-hmm. another one of my squeaker efforts yes, uh, yes living up to your squeaker <laughs> yeah, reputation ab- absolutely it's, <laughs> it's my like defining ethic as a runner <laughs> my, um, so i did see on the clock you know i had a straightaway before and i was like oh it's like it's on 29 but if Ooh. i like if i hustle i can get in before it turns to 30 <laughs> A fire is lit under you. Uh, I know. 3.05. But hey. As if this matters in the world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's so often. It's like, really? Does it matter whether I win in pickleball, you know, 11 to 8 or 11 to 9? It really doesn't. Or gosh, my younger daughter, their co-ed soccer team finally lost a game on Saturday. And my husband and I were so deflated. And then I'm like, oh, come on. Like, this right. doesn't matter. <laughs> but the, the, you know, the race announcer was doing that, you know, come on, everybody cheer for these people. If they just go a little faster, they'll break 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. I can break 30 minutes. <laughs> squeak, 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 squeak. Your whiskers were twitching. Your tail was totally. sweeping back and forth. <laughs> and I want to be mindful of, you know, it's like, 30 minutes is like that that will be some people's really slow and that'll be some people's really fast mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as one goes through life that that you know that goalpost is going to keep shifting right because yes. there yes. was a period in my life where you know i could do that relatively easily and now i'm in a period of my life where that is a major accomplishment <laughs> right right <laughs> we all hands up in praise of tish and her sub 30 minute <laughs> well podcast. of anybody right you yeah, know yeah, like totally, getting out there totally, right totally and, totally and my Doing the, doing the run. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well done. Well done. Thank you. Well, Tish, as you mentioned, our guest hails from Atlanta. So uh, her name is Tess Sobamihan Marshall, and she is the director and creator of Run Social Atlanta. Tess is also a race director, a self-professed running nerd, and the mother of a toddler-aged daughter. We're going to talk to Tess about her love of using running as a means of bringing people together, as well as juggling being a newer mom with running and diversity in the sport of running. Tess, we're so pleased to be speaking with you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Nice. So I didn't mention in your bio, but looks like you, like me, are the mother of a French bulldog. If, if that's the case, uh, what's your adorable dog's name? And yes, yeah, so he's he's actually a Frenchton. So I don't know if oh. you're familiar with these. What they call them designer breeds. He's a French mm. bulldog, Boston Terrier mix, mm. and his name is Peyton, and he's insane. 
<laughs> so, so, so cute. So cute. Cute and insane at the same oh time. Oh, my goodness. And yes. you had Peyton before you had your daughter, yes? Yes. And and how did Peyton adjust to having a new one in the house? He's still adjusting. Like, he, he was, <laughs> it went from like he was the baby, the apple of everyone's eye. Everyone would ask about, how's Peyton? How's Peyton? Da, 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 da. And then as soon as that baby came, some people like don't even remember we have a dog. I'm like, you guys are wrong. <laughs> and he just wants all the attention. And the crazy part is she loves him. And he's kind of still like, I don't know why you're here. <laughs> yeah, oh, so. goodness. Because I love on Instagram seeing. So needless to say, I watch a lot of Frenchie uh, mm-hmm. videos on Instagram and reels and stuff. And I just love seeing babies and toddlers interact yes. with Frenchies. And so, oh, that's that's too bad that there's not that love flowing both ways. Yeah, it, it'll come. But yeah, right now yeah. we're still in that development, especially since she started to become more mobile and more, you know, now she calls him by name and now she gives him directives. And it's funny. It's funny <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> so uh, this is a running podcast. You do. <laughs> so I'm going to jump in with the running questions, if that's all right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I have dogs too, but um, uh, so anyway, Tess, I would like for you to tell us some about your running background. And uh, is this true that sh- that you had not run a-, a full mile continuously before the age of 33? That is correct. I was a basketball athlete, primarily growing up. So, and and a basketball coach, a college level basketball oh. coach at that. And I just, I mean, I was like, okay, we would do our mile test every year to make sure that we could run a mile. And that was the most I would run. I think maybe one time we did like a two mile like trial, but I know I didn't run it continuously. I know I took some breaks. So, I mean, I always say that and joke that basketball athletes are some of the laziest athletes in the world when it comes to running. So if you would have met me 15 years ago and told me I'd be a marathoner and an avid runner, I would have told you you were crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, you know, I I really just started my running journey as a means to kind of get, get in shape as an adult. Um, I moved to Atlanta in uh, 2010. And the first thing I did, the very first weekend I moved here, I um, had signed up for the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure here in Atlanta because it was a, a cause that I was familiar with. And I was like, you know, I really want to like try this whole like 5k thing. I've seen people doing it. And, you know, I was moving to a new city and my training consisted of, I was living in Augusta before I moved to Atlanta. I would go out and just try to run continuously around my neighborhood. And then I would do a mile and then I would do like mile and a half. So even going into that first 5k, I think the most I ever ran before the 5k was like two miles. Mm. So my, my first 5K was the first time I ever did three three miles or 3.1 miles. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, I this story can get long, but the, the, the short version of it is I kept running and then I took a break because I didn't know any other people running. Mm. And then I got connected with, in 2011, I got connected with the Black Girls Run chapter that was starting in Atlanta. And I became a leader in the chapter in Atlanta and literally just helped that chapter grow. And my own personal running journey just continued to flourish and grow. I saw myself getting better. I was meeting friends. I was getting more social in the city. And again, you know, pretty fresh still to the city of Atlanta at that point. Just, I mean, really just took off from there. I have lost count of how many 5Ks and group runs and neighborhood runs and um, that I've I've participated in and just every friend, uh, even I even contribute uh, 
meeting my husband to being a runner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. it's been a great journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, and then I hear that, that one of the events you did was a 1K plus dance party race. Yes. I, 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 where can I sign up for such an event? And, and, and did, did you organize it? Yeah. So um, I have a really good friend. So right before I started running, I was a personal trainer in the city of Atlanta. And one of my clients was a dancer. And she would always say, okay, if you're going to put me through these brutal workouts, you got to come to one of my dance classes. So I, you know, I did it. I went to one of her dance classes. And through that class, I met a dance instructor that's in Atlanta. And we hit it off, became really good friends. And when I started putting on running events, she had a cool idea. I don't know who had the original idea, but we, I, I'll just say we, we had the idea to mm-hmm. do a Halloween themed 1K that finished in a field. And then she would teach the choreography to Thriller. So we oh. called it, <laughs> oh. we called it the MJ Thrill K and we did it, I think three years in a row. It was so fun. So like the dancers or runners, however you want it, you could 1K, however you want it down the path. And then we learned Thriller and it was an awesome event. We had a DJ. It was so cool. So oh, please tell me there's some YouTube <laughs> video of that out there somewhere in the world. Gosh, I wonder because this oh. was like early 2010, 2011. I think we did it. Uh-huh. No, it would have been 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. So I have to find out if there's any any video. I know there's photos. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fabulous. Or <laughs> or you can recreate the event, do it again, and invite Sarah. And, there you go. And, and tape it. <laughs> I am still very good friends with that dance instructor, so I'm sure she wouldn't be down. She would be down to bring it back someday. <laughs> Oh, so Tess, you had a baby, you had your baby girl in 2021, right? Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So um, how did becoming a mother affect your running? Oh my gosh. Uh, Affect my running? Um, Really, in so many ways, it affects your running because it changes kind of your mentality around going out for a run. Um, you know, my daughter's about to be two in a couple of weeks and I'm still struggling with like, I don't want to leave her for a long period of time. You know, marathon training, you could be gone for four or five hours just for a group, you know, just for a training run. You know, I still go to my, my weekly run club every week, but like, it's still a struggle for me to like be gone for multiple hours away from my daughter. And, you know, she's fine. I'm the one that has the (laughs) the separation anxiety. So definitely that. And then also, you know, just the physical part of it. You know, I, I've done, about, I think, three half marathons since I've had her, but it, it's not the same. You know, I don't have that same like push that I used to have. And, you know, I definitely did a bad job of holding and carrying her throughout her <laughs> first two years because, I, you know, I still get the, you know, lower back mm-hmm. pain. So I'm, I'm working right now to really try to build up my like core strength again and really just want to get back to that like easy running feeling that you could have. You know, most of my runs now, really, there's a lot of effort that has to be put in. But the one thing I will say that hasn't changed is the um, the joy once you kind of get into the the groove of running and the joy of getting out to race events. Like I've still done, you know, several race events. I take her out to events with the stroller and I mean, absolutely just still love getting out into the community and doing race events and even taking uh, a couple of runcations since mm-hmm. she's been around. Mm. Well, you've done a lot. That's a lot. I got to say three half marathons after having a baby two years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, I signed signed up for them. So I had to do them. I could not do them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, you mentioned the stroller. How often do you run with your daughter in a running stroller? 
Uh, we usually get out at least once a week. Mm-hmm. We try to do at least one like race a month with the stroller. And surprisingly, a lot of races aren't stroller friendly. Mm-hmm. And I learned that um, the hard way because um, I was about to go out to a race and I checked the website just to make sure. Because I get that question all the time for my races. And I always wonder, like, why are people so like dogs and strollers? Every- when I put on a race, I will get at least 10 people emailing me about dogs and strollers. And now I understand because... A lot of races do discourage it, which I, I, I totally understand. But, you know, trying to find those uh, stroller friendly events. And then if there's an event that has like a kid's fun run attached to them, count me in. Those are super fun. Mm. So all your races have people can bring strollers. People can bring dogs. People can bring dogs and strollers. Um, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the way that I put it with my my race events is, you know, we're running on um, major intersections or major roads. And I'm like, if you're okay with your child being in a semi truck, being in the next lane, you know, you're, you're welcome to bring them out. And listen, I have seen strollers and all kinds of, I've seen strollers on trail races. I don't know how they do it, but mm. some of these parents are hardcore, but yeah, we, we typically are pretty low key with our uh, running events. So we welcome all levels, all paces and um, dogs, you know, it just really just depends on our venue. If our venue is okay with dogs being there, then we typically will, will allow them to have them on the course. So, And you welcome all family members um, from the very, very little ones in strollers to the oh, four-legged yeah. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually in a 5K this weekend, and, and I was beaten by quite a few um, moms <laughs> in strollers. I'm like, wow, you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, there are some, some serious stroller moms out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really impressive. And, and stroller dads. Yes. Yeah. The stroller yep, dads. Yep, yes. Yep, yep, for sure. <laughs> um, so it sounds like you're, you're very inclusive for all kinds of runners. And I know that one of the Run Social Atlanta taglines is every run for everyone. And no matter if you're here for a PR or an IPA, um, experiences to make people help make moves, finish strong, celebrate with your people. So tell us a little bit about what Run Social Atlanta is. Yeah. Well, my company is actually um, called Running Nerds. So Running Nerds um, is uh, basically an event production, endurance event production company. And I always kind of hesitate when I say the word company because it started as a passion for me, my own personal running journey, and it turned into putting on my first 5K back in 2012, and then that turned into multiple races, and then that turned into people saying, hey, you know how to put on races. Can you help us? So, like, before I knew it, I was like, oh, this is an actual business. <laughs> <laughs> and people, you know, need my expertise and my services. So that's 12 years later, you know, I've hosted, I would say, over 200 running events, group runs, events. Um, and Run Social is the series of events that we produce and direct. We've hosted upwards of six races in a year under the Run Social umbrella. And it's just like it says, like we found out, like we, we realized that people were coming out to our races, running for 30, 40 minutes, and then hanging out for like two hours at our, <laughs> our cool venues. And I was like, it's really a, a social run, but Run Social. So we've done some races at the Top Golf, um, local Top Golf. We have a cidery here in Atlanta. We have a great partnership with the local brewery, Monday Night Brewing. We host two races this year with them. We've done some races with the um, the Fern Bank Museum in Atlanta. I mean, I, I forget a lot of the <laughs> events that we've mm-hmm. done because we've done so many cool events. But the people people in the, the city know Run Social as, hey, you're going to come out. You can compete or you can just do it for fun. And you're going to end with a party and have a good time. You're not going to get kicked out. 
there's like you pretty much can just stay as long as you want to. Nice. Fun. Well, it's time for a brief break to hear from the brands that allow us to bring you this free content. Please consider supporting them since they support us. We'll be back in a flash. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Tess, the run social concept sounds like so much fun. And and I'm wondering if you think that like it's a distinctly Atlanta thing or do you think this could thrive in other cities? Well, I, I know that it's thriving in other cities. I've been fortunate to meet a lot of great race directors around the country that are doing similar and even more innovative things such as, you know, hosting running events that aren't necessarily race events or we do brag that our race was the first Atlanta-based event that finished at a brewery. Our, mm-hmm. We have a race in, uh, called the West Side 10 that finishes at the Monday Night Brewing location on the west side of Atlanta. And it, ours was the first race that finished on the doorsteps of a brewery. Mm-hmm. Now, like, there's one a month. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know we didn't invent the concept, but we definitely pioneered the concept and the idea of breweries getting involved in running and, you know, and having that as a, uh, an audience. And it was funny because it was an interesting sale at first because a lot of the breweries that we worked with or um, anyone that was like alcohol based or unhealthy food based, like runners don't want beer. I'm like, you don't know the runners. That yeah, I know. They like, do. <laughs> <laughs> like, or they, they don't want pizza or they don't want to eat unhealthy food after they run. I'm like, yes, we want all that. And then extra. And we'll come back on our off days. So um, it was really cool kind of developing relationships with the different breweries around town and, and restaurants. And like I said, with cidery. And and I think we definitely gave people some ideas of the types of runs and races that they wanted to participate in. So, But there's definitely great cities doing similar things all over the country. You know, now that you mention it, I'm thinking that here here in Savannah, there is a, a running store that has a weekly run that ends at a brewery, at mm-hmm. a brewery with a food truck. <laughs> That's, yep. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. So Tess, every time I go to Atlanta from here in Lily White Pacific Northwest, I marvel at how vibrantly black the city is. And mm-hmm. how do you feel that affects the diversity of the running community, perhaps versus other parts of the country where running is too often an overly white sport? Yeah, I think in Atlanta, we are a little ahead of the mark when it comes to opportunities and the look of our um, running community, mm-hmm. just because it, I think I the last statistic I heard, it's like a 55% black population in, in Metro Atlanta. So obviously there's going to be more opportunities. There's, there are more running events that take place in neighborhoods that, you know, pass through maybe historically black neighborhoods and, or neighborhoods that have you know, a higher percentage of black and brown people. So I think we we are kind of spoiled. But when we go to other cities, mm-hmm. like people, I hear that all the time. People say, man, Atlanta is just so, you know, on point or way ahead of the game. But even with that said, you can still show up for a five, a small 5k and be one of 
five black mm. people at the race. Like that's still something that happens. I mean, mm. I think I I did a 5K earlier this year and I think I was the only black runner there. Wow. And I was like, man, you wow. know, and it was like in a uh, northwest suburb of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our big events, like our Publix Half Marathon and Marathon Weekend, our obviously Peachtree Road Race, you know, many of the races that, that I am fortunate to host, a lot of our race series that come through Atlanta, you're definitely going to see, you know, a much higher percentage of black and brown runners. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about our event, the race, um, which was basically designed to celebrate the entire black runner experience. So that's a unique experience that everyone, I, I believe, should should have as a runner. Mm. Yeah. So tell us about the race. Like, how did that come to be? And And tell us about what that event is. Yeah, so the race is a half marathon and 5K weekend, um, first weekend in October. And it's basically a celebration of Black excellence through the runner lens. All, of course, are welcome to participate. But if you participate in the race, you are going to get an experience in Black excellence. We work uh, our entire team, production team, are Black runners and walkers. We have a business expo, sorry, a small business expo and health and wellness expo on Friday where we invite Black-owned businesses to showcase their products and services. We really work hard to work with as many Black-owned businesses as possible to produce the race from, from the water all the way to the uh, the folks that are setting up the course, the folks that are putting out the porta-potties, the companies that that supply us with all of our needs for the event. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful race experience. And the whole idea came about, because as you mentioned, you know, Atlanta is the the home of several Black running organizations, including South Fulton Running Partners. Black Men Run was started in Atlanta. Um, Black Girls Run wasn't started in Atlanta, but we were the first and fastest growing chapter when they first started. Hmm. Um, and I, eventually they did headquarter here for a little while. So, you know, this was really like the 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 Black running mecca, if you will, <laughs> for African-American runners and, and Black and Brown runners. So, we realized we had all of these resources right here in the city and there was just so much talk of why don't we put together a race? You know, we were it's easy for us to go out and support rock and roll races in mass or these, you know, world marathon majors in mass or whatever big race you name it. But we have all the resources that we need to put together um, our own race. And I took that idea and and um Together with some founding partners, we put together the idea of a half marathon weekend, and we actually launched it as a Kickstarter campaign back in 2017. And if you and your listeners are familiar with Kickstarter, it's basically you have an idea, you put that idea out there, you you have a, a project fund um, fund amount that you want, and if people back your project with their pledges, then the project moves forward. So I, I don't recommend this concept to launch a race, but it was perfect because, you know, I was busy. I told you I've had some, some years where we've put on 15 plus events. And this is before I, I was, was it before I was married? It was right before I was married and definitely before I was a mother. <laughs> There's no way I could have started this as when I was at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the concept was great because if people wanted it, they're going to back it. If they were like, oh, it's a great idea, but I wouldn't sign up for that then I could go on about my life. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the people wanted it. Um, we we um, received our full backing, I think, a month in advance for the race. Wow, great. And then launched it in 2018. And I am so proud and excited to say that we're about to 
host the sixth annual The Race Half Marathon and 5K uh, in 2023. So it's like I said, it's just a beautiful experience. You know, I'm sure I'll share all of the the socials Mm -hmm. before we go today. But, you know, seeing it on social media and video is one thing, but coming out and experiencing it. And, you know, our black runners that participate, they absolutely love it. It's just like the one time that you're going to be able to step to the uh, start line and look left, right, forward and back and and see yourself represented all the way around. I think that is just so cool. It thrills me. No end on so many levels. And uh, Sarah and I were talking before the before you joined us, and I'm actually born and raised in Atlanta. Um, I've been away for a, a couple of decades, and now I'm back in Savannah. But anyway, I have total plans to to sign up for that race in October and come come see the event and experience it myself. I I just I just love this. I would like to ask, this is kind of like asking you, you have one kid, but you know, if you had more, you're not supposed to ask who's your favorite child, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, you are responsible for several events and you, you, you know, you, you direct several events. So would the, would you say this one is your favorite or is there another one that's your favorite? You know, that's a great question. I would say the race is my legacy. Like mm-hmm. when, you know, I leave this earth, you know, if the one thing that I am remembered for is the race, I will feel proud. I'll feel like I, I did my part on this earth to bring bring some good and bring some um, positivity. However, <laughs> whenever I'm out in public, most people walk up to me. And this happened today. I was at the Children's Museum this morning with my daughter and a guy walked up, up to me and said, Running nerd. <laughs> so that, that's, that's my legacy right now. You know, the, the race is growing. No, I, I get that. Um, also, you know, people say, Hey, you're the race. So, so I would say it's my legacy. It's my passion project. All of my events are just so much fun. Like even the ones that just annoy me to no end because of all the, <laughs> the tedious logistics that it takes. I always have one moment in the midst of where I'm like, man, this is really cool. And people are having fun and, you know, people are thanking you for the opportunity. And I mean, it never fails. At least once someone will come up to me and give me some kind of story about how, like, maybe this was their first race or their, you know, they were trying to get their brother or sister or mom to get out and run. And they finally came like that. That's why we do it. That's why we keep doing it. And I tell people all the time, you guys keep signing up, then I'll keep doing it. Well, I would love to see the race in, you know, every city, town and, you know, post office box in the in the US. I mean, do you have any plans to take it beyond Atlanta? Well, at this time, I think we're really trying to focus on uh, fine tuning the race and the concept that we've created. Again, we're going into year six and one one year, of course, was interrupted with a amazing virtual event um, in Mm. 2020. And then kind of like that bounce back event in 2021. Last year, kind of crazy, uh, we had that threat of a hurricane <laughs> that Ooh. was coming. And Tish, you, you, if you were in Savannah, you probably actually got some of that hurricane in October. That's right. Um, but everyone was freaking out that it was going to come to Atlanta. And we had about about 200 runners switch to virtual at the last minute because they were like, oh, no, it's going to. But we ended up having like a beautiful, perfect weekend. Um, so like, I, I feel like we haven't gotten two years in a row of consistent, you know, execution of everything that we wanted to do. So for the foreseeable future, the race will be, um, in Atlanta and it'll be a place where all runners can come and really just celebrate, you know, distance running. 
I would love to see more race directors putting on local events. And I, I'm always advising people and always happy to talk to someone that wants to start a race event in their community or in their hometown, because I think that's what, what's going to grow our running community. The local events is what's going to grow the community. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's where we kind of started here. And, you know, the race is, is going to be that culminating event for us. Yeah, yes. Yeah, let's let's back up to that idea about um, local communities because uh, you know I, the running nerds kicked off like the Run Club Wednesday. Is that correct? Like eleven yes. years ago, and and how does that weekly gathering help with the building of the community? Well, I mean, again, if I was going to take that same statement I just made and just dial it down to just Atlanta, like my goal is for every neighborhood in the city to have their own little run club. You shouldn't have to drive forty five minutes to run three miles. <laughs> I mean, I do because it's not 45 minutes because I started my run club in West Midtown and um, Atlanta and I, I just have been going for 11 years. But, you know, I would love if people in my neighborhood wanted to get together and just run and we meet at the corner of such and such and such and such. When we started Black Girls Run, that was really kind of like our concept of getting different pocket neighborhoods to host Black Girls Run meetups. And a lot of the run crews and groups now, you know, they have their weekly runs and a lot of them, they do them at the same places. So you'll have like five groups meeting at Piedmont Park and, you know, different groups meeting at several parks. So the neighborhood meetup, I think is really the key to growing the local run community. And then the local run community is the key to growing our national events. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. I like that. So, so going back to your personal running experience, you mentioned that you've run every race distance up to 26.2 miles. So when you're not organizing and directing races, do you have a dream race or a goal race? Well, I am on, I did drink the Abbott World Majors Kool-Aid. I do want to do that, but I'm not on that like express plan. Like it'll happen when it happens. Um, I've done three now. I've done Berlin, Berlin, New York, and Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I will just keep putting my name in the lottery for the other ones until, you know, I get in, I'm not gonna, you know, I mean, I had a friend who just did like four this year and like more power to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I do want to complete the world marathon majors and I was on track for a marathon a year was my goal. Um, but I just had to kind of reset that goal last year. I just haven't been in that, like, I want to go out and run. 15, 16, 17 miles mind frame in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So getting back to, you know, feeling good about marathon training. But yeah, I have some, a couple of, of marathons on my list, but I think just getting back to that, like easy running feeling. I think when I reached out to you guys uh, originally, I had started, uh, I think I was training for Detroit half marathon and I was doing a training run. And I listened to the episode about running motivation. Hmm. And I think it was an older episode. So I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. even remember who your guests were. And <laughs> one of the guests really just talked about just like that putting the cart before the horse and having a goal and all those good things. So that that's really my, my ultimate goal right now is just to get that mojo back, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I know you have also led races with pace grouping, like done Mm -hmm. a 14 minute mile pacer at a Lululemon sponsored race. Mm -hmm. And does that help with the mojo? Like how does it feel to be pacing, not racing? Oh, I love pacing. I paced uh, for three years for the Seawees half marathon in Vancouver, which is a Lululemon half marathon. And then like you mentioned, I just paced last year for the um, 
Lululemon 10K, which is a traveling 10K series that they started last year. But it's always fun to pace because you're meeting people, you're helping people reach their goal. It's like, it's not about you. It's not about your run. And fortunately, that pace um, that I did for the Lululemon 10K was extremely doable for me. (laughs) And so I really didn't have to think about it. And we have pace teams for our for the race half marathon. They're all volunteer pacers. They're people who have signed up for the race, but then they want to um, pace. And it's so fun, like hearing all their stories about how they are meeting runners along the way that maybe it's their first half marathon or, you know, the hills in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, you all know are tough. So those pacers <laughs> really do a great job of getting everybody through the course and fill in and forgetting the pain once they cross the, <laughs> the finish line. The beer always helps. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so as we record, it is Wednesday. So then there's run club Wednesday tonight. Yep, got um, run club tonight. Yeah. So, so on those days, are you able to actually, is that your workout or do you do, you know, your own workout in the morning and then are more kind of in director host mode? At the Wednesday night events? That's funny you ask because, I mean, for the first eight years of Run Club, I literally never missed a day. I was the one planning the routes. I was the one, you know, um, giving the the pre-run speech. I -hmm. mean, where we're going to go afterwards, all that. And, I mean, we have just developed such a great crew that I can, like, call or text someone say, hey, I might be a little late because, you know, as a mother, I'm always late for everything now. Um, <laughs> so I'm not even there for the pre-run speech anymore. So we've got an awesome crew of regulars, if, if you will, that, you know, can lead the run. We got like probably like five routes that we just rotate through. A lot of times we just decide what we're going to do based on who shows up. I've got some other um, stroller moms that come out too. So um, it's really developed over time. So I, I really get the chance to just come and just be a member of my own run club at this point. Mm. Well, Tess, you have done so much for the sport of running there in Atlanta. It's just wonderful to hear you talk about it. And I, I just wish we could clone you and just spread <laughs> you all throughout the country. So so thank you for joining us and for originally for contacting me and suggesting yourself as a guest. You were spot on on suggesting yourself. So thank you. Well, thank you, guys. And again, I just wanted to be a part of the amazing lineup of, of guests that you've had Hopefully someone listening can resonate with anything that I said. Oh, Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention too, and I should Mm -hmm. talk about this during the race. The other thing about the race that we are extremely proud of is our Community Impact Service Day. Mm. So to my knowledge, and I I say this on every interview I do, every time I talk to someone, we are the only running race event that has a community service day attached to our race event. Mm. So the Sunday of the race weekend, we ask all of our runners and walkers to come out and participate in um, community service projects that we've set up all over the city. And mm. it's it's just a, a beautiful culmination of the weekend. We do like a big party afterwards at a brewery um, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, you know, just thank everyone for coming out. So you're coming out, you're running, you get your shirt, you get your bling, you get to, you know, shop at our, our expo. But then you also are able to give back to the community and just have a well-rounded experience. So. Mm. Yet another reason why I want you to be cloned. So that that <laughs> just is, you know, I just also all that extra work of lining up those partners. I mean, that that really is literally above and beyond. Well, so thank I have, you for I have doing a great that. team. So mm. I, I have a you're, really, really great team. So I give them full credit. Mm. Well, you're, you're a very generous visionary. I love it, Tess. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely.
All right. Well, uh, Mother's Day is on the horizon. I can I can almost see it. And it's time to get some gifts from our online store, whether it's for your own mother, your sister, running partner, yourself, maybe. We have lifestyle tees, hoodies, running tanks, limited edition mirror mugs to keep your um, Java or tea hot. We have running hats and visors, all of it. Uh, cute stickers. So everything from little knickknacks to celebrate a mother in your life, all the way up to um, you know, a little bit more of a splurge purchase, including our Hilton Head retreat, which is in November that Tish is going to be at. She's going to be one of our presenters. So to find all the goodies in our online store, go to anothermotherrunner.com and click on the store link on the top. And for all those things, plus our retreats, we have a firm payment plan if you want to spread out the payments a bit. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Oh, it's too good to last. <laughs> Tess, we can't hear you now. You said we get about. <laughs> Pop out and come back in one more time. Finish the answer, please. That is just crazy. <laughs> oh, unreal. 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 <laughs>